Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Hello, welcome to the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and this is our time we come to each week at this time on MPB. We do an in-depth interview with a different creative Mississippian, and that can be an artist, a musician, or someone who helps promote the arts in their community. And I think we're talking to one of the legends of promoting the arts in their community today. We're talking with V.A. Patterson from Jackson. V.A., thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Now, we have you here. This is a part of our series of interviews we do prior to the Governor's Arts Awards every year. You are our Community Arts Leader recipient for 2018. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm thrilled about this. And, of course, the Governor's Arts Awards is held every every February. This year it's going to be on Thursday, February 8th at the Old Capitol Museum in downtown Jackson. Uh, the ceremony starts at 6 o'clock, and there's a public reception at 4.30. This is all free and open to the public. Uh, other recipients include Steve Azar, the musician, David Carey uh, from Ballet, Mississippi, Joe Overstreet, the uh, a visual artist, and Yachn Patafa Arts Council. Uh, so we're talking to all of our recipients in advance of the Governor's Arts Awards on February 8th. Uh, so we wanted to bring you in here and kind of get a little bit of your story and, and, and talk about the Governor's Arts Awards and our memories of those past ones in mm-hmm. addition. Um, now, people know you from many things. You've had ma- you've worn many hats over the years. Um, maybe just let's just list off the different entities you've you've worked for or led or been a part, and then we'll kind of get into it in more detail. Well, I I worked I I worked in um, historic house museums for a number of years, starting with a couple of them in New Orleans in the French Quarter, and then I moved back to Jackson. I'm forever grateful to Patty Carr Black because she hired me to come up and work at the Manship House, and what a wonderful opportunity that was to get to have this fantastic historic structure and put it together and create a museum. It was a, it's wonderful, and it brought me back home, which I have loved being back home. Uh, after after the Manship House, I went into some uh, nonprofit organizations, and I was uh, the director of the Craftsman's Guild for about six or seven years. And what a wonderful opportunity that was to get to meet all of these artists to create these fabulous three-dimensional objects. It's just a great opportunity. And then more recently, and I retired from this a few years ago, I worked with VSA Mississippi, which is the statewide organization on arts and disability. We provided arts opportunities for people with disabilities. So those were my professional jobs. And then along the way, I volunteered with several arts organizations and love both being a uh, staff person and being a volunteer. And a, just a steady presence in the Mississippi in the Jackson art scene for ever since I've in, I've been here and every time we're you're out at a at a art opening or a, a new stage performance or something you might run into VA Patterson. Um, so you I mean you have a lifetime of of being in the arts and and being active in them and I wanted to, I wanted to start off and talk a little bit about your mother and kind of her role in kind of introducing you into the arts uh-huh. uh, as uh, through her work at the newspaper. Well, my mother was a woman's editor of the Clarion Ledger for about 35 years and she was very involved in helping the organizations that were supportive of some of the many arts and cultural activities in the city. So um, she 
when she was a, in the beginning when the symphony was formed and things like that, she was able to uh, inform the public about what was going on and let them know about these organizations. Um, early on, she started taking me to concerts and uh, all sorts of performances that were going on in Jackson, which I think is what really started me on loving to go to all these activities. And I can remember some early concerts that I went to in the old city auditorium, which was on the corner of um, uh, Congress and Pearl Street that's long since gone. Uh, but what are some ones that stand I, out in they your were, mind? Well, of course, they we there were ballet performances that were brought in. There was an organization called the Jackson Music Association that used to bring a lot of different kinds of performing arts groups. And um, I saw ballet. I saw the Ballet Russe there. I saw uh, the London Symphony came, and I got to meet Sir Thomas Beecham, who was the conductor. Um, I saw the um, and fell in love with the music of Aaron Copeland when I saw the ballet Billy the Kid when that performance came to town. Um, all types of activities, uh, all types of performances that were brought to Jackson um, as they are now in other types of performances. So it, it was a great experience for me because I was quite young and uh, learned early on how to act properly at <laughs> <laughs> these kinds of events. Or else. Yeah. <laughs> right. And also got to meet the artists a lot of the time. So that probably is what created in me just this great desire to see as much as I could and go to all these arts events. And did you uh, did you ever aspire to be a performing artist or visual artist or did you, did you ever take piano lessons or do any of well, that? Well, I took piano lessons because everybody took piano lessons and in kindergarten we did dance and I found this wonderful picture. I was going through looking for pictures for the, um, the arts awards and I found this wonderful picture of me dressed in a paper doll costume with my arms fixed so like I'm doing a tap dance. And um, I was in a play when I was in high school at at uh, old Central High School. And um, But no, I really just enjoy going and supporting and seeing the wonderful work that people can do. Yeah. Great. If you're uh, just tuning in, this is the Mississippi Arts Hour. And today we're talking with Governor's Arts Award recipient, V.A. Patterson. She'll be uh, awarded the Community Arts Leader uh, um, Award at the 2018 Governor's Arts Awards, which will be at the Old Capitol in Jackson on February 8th. So please come on down and check it out. Um, so uh, you go to college at Millsaps and then you kind of off into the world, right? And well, went to, I went to New Orleans. I uh -huh. moved to New Orleans. I married and moved to New Orleans. My husband was in graduate school at Tulane. So we had a lot of opportunities being at Tulane. One of the wonderful memories is that a very dear friend of ours was head of the Archive of New Orleans Jazz. And so we were early introduced to a lot of the jazz musicians that were playing in New Orleans, ones that um, had had been playing forever. And it, it, it was just a great opportunity. We went to funerals. We went to parades. We went to, uh, I remember when Preservation Hall was just some jam sessions in one of the patios of the art gallery uh, in New Orleans. Uh, so 
had a great time in New Orleans, then lived in Texas for a few years out uh, in Austin and um, was involved in arts organizations in Austin as well. So I've I've just been always involved in the arts in some way. Yeah, and you probably were still there in New Orleans. Those musicians were some of the original from the 19, early 1900s still in, in, their, the in their older age. Right, yeah. right, right. Some of them were in the, um, had been very, very popular in the 20s and 30s, and then they faded a little bit, but then they were coming back. And it was kind of a beginning of a revival of good New Orleans jazz. So it was a, a great to get to meet all of these musicians and go to funerals and parades and march through the city and uh, have, have a great time. I'm doing that. And that's where you kind of got into archival work and, and preservation work? My first work. job out of out oh. of college was in the archives at the Special Collections and Rare Book Division of the Tulane University Library. And I worked there for about 10 years. It got me interested in research. It got me in, interested in history and uh, gave me a, a lot of good experiences in in learning about the history of the of Louisiana and New Orleans, and um, I loved working in the libraries. That's and, another love of mine. Is right, libraries. and skills that you could kind of bring and back to that I could bring. when you came and, back to Mississippi. In fact, the um, and this led to an uh, it, all of my research experience led me to a job when we lived in Austin, Texas, doing research for Lon Taylor, who was producing a book on Texas cabinet makers in the 19th century from about 1830 to 1880. And I got a research job with him looking up, trying to locate names and uh, people who were involved in cabinet making work in Texas at that time. Fascinating. And um, learning about the crafts of furniture making. You mentioned uh, earlier uh, talking about the Manship House. You talked about Patty Carr Black, who is who seems to be kind of like uh, everywhere at once when you talk about the history of arts and culture in Mississippi. He, she, either her or Bill Ferris will appear at some point in the story. So it's interesting Absolutely. to hear her be a linchpin in your story. She definitely was, and and uh, I think so highly of her. And she has done so much uh, to promote and to record about Mississippi artists, and um, I, I do admire her quite a bit. And I'm so grateful again for her. Right. And so the Manship House Museum is in Jackson, and it's— And that's what brought me back to Mississippi was to do the Manship House, which is— For people outside of Jackson, tell a little bit about what what that is. It's um, a home that was built by a wood grainer and marbler, Charles Henry Manship. It's a Gothic revival home uh, and was restored uh, in the late 19— Seventies by the Mississippi Department of Archives and History, and it was restored following all the rules of correct restoration. So it was an example of a an architecturally well, uh, perfectly restored house. It had a lot of the original, uh, or in and reproductions of a lot of the original wallpapers in it. It had some of his original graining and marbling left, and it was to tell the story of a middle class family in Jackson, Mississippi, in the mid nineteenth century. So it was uh, the fun and the wonderful thing I had about it was that we we created so many 
programs for it, and we created a series with, uh, along with Lester Center Wilson's help, we produced a series of Sundays at the Manship House, which were different types of performing arts programs. Uh, we brought in a, 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 a about a sixteen-piece orchestra one time, chamber orchestra right. to play. We used, um, we cleared the furniture out of the central hall of the house, and we used that as the place for the performances. We had um, uh, Jane Petty did a performance of her um, one-woman show as as Miss Welty. We did just a variety of types of performing arts program, and that was very exciting for me was putting it together. Yeah, being the presenter. Really. Being the presenter. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. So we did that for several years, and those were wonderful programs. And I'm happy to see that they're having some uh, different types of programs at the Manship House now, even though I'm much sadly it's not open to the public for tours right now. Right, In the process of being repaired. But it is kind of on the back end. Now it's kind of on the back end of a lot of Baptist hospitals. It's at Fortification and West Street for people that are interested. And you can go by and check it out. I guess the other thing that's interesting about the Manship is there is kind of a a craft uh, basis to it because you talk about Charles Manship. He was an early mayor of he Jackson. He was a mayor well, of he, Jackson during the this, Civil War, yeah. but he also he had he was um, uh, learned the art, the craft of wood graining and marbling when he he was a native of Maryland, and he came down to Mississippi in the 1830s and settled in Jackson, looking for work because uh, they were beginning. They were building the new capital. They were building the governor's mansion. There were opportunities for him to work there. Um, so it it uh, he it, it was it was learning about this craft that was really very interesting to me. And we had a, a master craftsman from England that came over, who later moved to this country. But anyway, came over to do reproducing the graining and marbling in the Manship House, and we put together a nice film of him that was an introductory film to touring the Manship House, uh, with him explaining about graining and marbling and how it worked. Very good. So, so it was a, a, a wonderful historic house museum that had an opportunity to show off the arts. Yeah, as kind of well, bring those things together. And bring them together. All, your, for, all your interests in kind of one place. Right, right. That's wonderful. But that was a great experience. We're back on the Arts Hour, and our guest today is V.A. Patterson. She is our 2018 Community Arts Leader Governor's Arts Award recipient. We're going to have the Governor's Arts Awards at the Old Capitol on Thursday, February 8th uh, in the evening, 6 o'clock. Please come down. It's free and open to the public. So, VA, you spent a lot of time at Manship and got kind of got reconnected as an adult, I guess, back into the art scene of Jackson that you had grown up grown up in. Right. That's mm-hmm. um, But so let's talk about your kind of your next step, which was uh, working for the Craftsman's Guild. Oh, what a great opportunity that was. I, I really, really enjoyed working with that. Working with the artists, meeting the artists, promoting their fabulous work that they do. It it's um, I've I've told people this before, but there's it's such a thrill when you've done all the work that you do to set up for the Chimneyville Crafts Festival, and uh, to get it organized. The artists come in, they set up all of their booths and everything, and you know when you open that door to the public that they're going to walk in and just be wowed by how fabulous 
all of the artwork is that they're going to get to see and purchase uh, to support the artists and also just to have these beautiful objects. It's I, I really, really enjoyed that. I also enjoyed watching the weavers. There was a weaving class every Tuesday night, and I would go and watch them and see how they worked those looms and threads. I could never do something like that. But to be able to watch that process and, and see what is created is it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience. I'm not an artist. I can't do that, and I'm, I've not really said I wish I could. I'm really, really happy to see what other people can produce and enjoy it. Right. And the Craftsman's Guild, people probably, um, of course, they know Chimneyville, which is the, right. the annual festival and it, uh, that is in the first weekend of uh, December every year, which is kind of the most high-profile event of the Guild. Right. But the Guild is kind of an a unique organization in that it's a membership organization. It's a, a presenter. It's uh, <laughs> runs a shop. It does training. I mean, there's so many elements to it that uh, that maybe not everybody realizes. It does so many Probably different things. Probably not. It is a, a large membership organization. You have to pass their standards committee uh, in order to become a member, which indicates that your work is really well done and meets the the standards it should meet. Uh, they have um, a, a, it's a wonderful educational organization too because every weekend artists are at the craft center which is now located out on Rice Road, and um, they can have artists demonstrating how they make their craft, which is a, a fascinating thing to watch and really good educational opportunity for children. To, and adults to learn how a pot is made, how it's thrown on a wheel, or how the the um, uh, wood is worked with, and how you can turn a, a turn a how wood is turned, and how you can create a beautiful bowl out of a piece of wood or something. So it it serves a purpose, and it also helps support the artists by providing opportunities for them to sell their work and get known for their work. And these are everyone from retirees who were kind of, have always kind of worked on, you know, been a woodworker or whatever, mm -hmm. to people who are trying to make it as their full-time job. Sometimes as, as sometimes called emerging artists where they're learning the craft. The thing that you always keep in mind is that um, they have to pay a certain standards in order to become a member at all. So you, you know that they have advanced in their craft pretty far to get in. But it's interesting to watch, and I'll enjoy watching this with all types of artists too, is to watch the work and then the artist's work as it goes along for a little while, and then all of a sudden it moves up to another level. And uh, it that's exciting to watch. It's exciting for me to watch, especially young artists, how their work changes as they grow in their field. That That's really fascinating and fun. Yeah. And when I, when I think of the Craftsman's Guild, I always, um, I think the person that personified it to me in many ways was our late friend George Berry, the woodcarver. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was just the, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful person and so talented. And he shared his, his skills with with other people. He also had a class at the, uh, at the Craft Center and would, teach children 
about wood carving and adults, and he taught at the uh, the uh, craft school up in North Carolina. The name of which John C. Campbell, John C. Campbell, right. for several years, and he had some students there that would come down to Jackson to train with him some more. And he was just such a wonderful person and yeah. so talented. And he was a recipient of a governor's award too That's a right. number of years ago. And That's in right. fact, he also created the award that was presented to people being awarded for two years. Right. We had a period where we we, uh, commissioned different artists to create an award, and he he was one of those featured. He he carved a catfish, I think, one year, and the dog another year. So, um, and he he was at the at the Craves Center all the time, helping us with everything. Yeah. So we could always depend on George Berry to come and uh, help us with anything that needed to be done. He would fill in if he needed somebody in the gift shop. And and he would be demonstrating all the time that he was there so that people all the time had an opportunity to see how a craftsman worked. Yeah, he was just so, he was an exemplary artist. And I think mm-hmm. it gets, it gets, it gets uh, set aside because he was such a people person mm-hmm. and had, was friendly with everyone and literally would be making little, uh, uh, his little woodcut flowers, little flowers for anyone who mm-hmm. happened to pass by. But, but I think about his generosity, I think is mm-hmm. the thing that I think about him the most. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a wonderful, wonderful person. Yeah. He is missed. Absolutely. We're talking with V.A. Patterson on the Arts Hour today. Uh, She is the 2018 Community Arts Leader Award recipient for the Governor's Arts Awards, which will be taking place February 8th at the Old Capitol in Jackson. Um, So and then uh, kind of from the Craftsman's Guild, you go on to uh, VSA. Right. And probably not a not everybody across the state knows about VSA, but it has a very special kind of unique uh, it's, it's a, mission. It's a very unique organization with a unique mission. It was originally known as Very Special Arts, and most people are familiar with that term. But a number of years ago, they wanted they, they dropped that and became just VSA and VSA Arts. They provide all types of arts activities for people with disabilities. And um, I, it was an inter, it, an international organization, still is, and is is associated now with the Kennedy Center in Washington. And um, here locally, we had some wonderful opportunities. We started a, an art class for adults with disabilities. We just didn't know if anybody would come. We ran a little thing in the newspaper that said art class for adults with disabilities and that uh, continues today and those artists are receive instruction they're they're trying they they um, create wonderful artwork and they have uh, shows several times a year to not only show the work that they do, but also to sell it. So some, uh, then we had, um, that's a wonderful program that VSA Mississippi does. Another program that we had that was for dance, and we worked with Bellhaven dancers, and and we had a wonderful program for a few years called Tunes, Tutus, and Turning Wheels, and it mixed professional dancers with dancers with disabilities, and that program was very popular, too. 
and um, anyway, it was it for me. It was a wonderful opportunity because I had never worked with people in the disability field, and it was a real eye opener for me too. To um, to to learn about that, and I've become quite an advocate too for the disabilities, those with disabilities, yeah. and and giving opportunities to everyone. Right. Talk a little bit about maybe your experience seeing someone come in who maybe their family member saw the the, the notice in the mm-hmm. newspaper and brought somebody who was maybe reluctant to be there or not sure whether they could do it to kind of maybe growing into an interest in it. it we, we had several people that were hesitant about coming. And as they came in, they, they started receiving, they started doing the art and it's in an um uh, an area where everyone else was work um on the it was a non-threatening environment for all of the participants okay. and that gave everybody an opportunity to um excel and and they uh, had instruction in how to create art pieces how to paint how to uh, to uh, uh, work with oils or whichever field they or pencil, whichever, and there's several people that um, that gave them a career, gave them as an artist, and in fact, Ros Roy is one wonderful example. Oh, right, of that yeah, because she came to our class and started working more with watercolors and acrylics and everything, and she now is an artist, has her own studio has her own shows, and uh, is well-recognized for her artwork in the community. And it came she, out of VSA. And it came out of the VSA. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Who were some of the artists who were your instructors in that? that uh, well, the main, the main instructor is Tom Harmon, and he's still with the program, too. He, he was a, a teaching artist and worked with our adult class. And also, we had a program that took artists into the schools where we would um, uh, we would uh, uh, contract with the school to bring an artist in residence in for at up to uh, twelve hours of art instruction for students and preferably inclusive classes where you had students with and without disabilities, and um, we would um, pay the artist. We would provide the supplies, we would provide the travel, and we were able to take these artists uh, and send them to schools in the rural areas outside of Jackson so that students throughout the state would have opportunities for this artist in residence at sometimes. Tom did papermaking, and he took papermaking to schools throughout the state, and that was really great because it was a real hands-on thing that all the students could um, uh, work with, and he knew and knows how to adapt some of the activities within the art so that student all students can participate. Um, he was one of the artists. We had several artists that we used throughout the state to uh, take provide the schools with um, an arts experience. And that's still an ongoing. That's an program. ongoing so, program. Yes. So if people have an, have family members who they feel it might be something that would be of interest, they should the, look the, them up. Yes, they should contact the VSA office. Very. Mm-hmm. And did this ever? So uh, seeing all this artwork being done, did you ever 
feel like you wanted to get in there and learn how to do paper making or any of that? Did that ever inspire you? You know, actually, I'm just one who likes to tell about it and promote it. That's that's and and I just get so excited with seeing what can be created. Seeing the results that happen. Seeing the results, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. We're back on our fi- for our final segment on the Arts Hour today. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is V.A. Patterson. She is the 2018 Community Arts Leader uh, Governor's Arts Awards recipient. We're going to have the Governor's Arts Awards on Thursday, February 8th at the Old Capitol Museum. It's uh, 6 o'clock uh, in the Old House Chamber, uh, free and open to the public, and there's a reception beforehand if you can get there early and... Have some treats and talk with the VA and some of the other recipients. Well, VA, you you are now you. I guess you could kind of say you're retired, but you still are incredibly active in all the things that you're interested in. I, I love being active. I'm most grateful that I'm able to go as much as I can go and 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 do all of the things that I get to do. I I love going to art openings. I enjoy going to um it's it's hard to mention one <laughs> because I enjoy going to so many, but I've loved seeing what the Cedars has done in terms of their art shows. They have some fabulous uh, uh, openings and special shows that are wonderful. Um, I enjoy going to the uh, Dickies Building for the Fisher Galleries because her shows are always fabulous. Uh, but I, I mean, go to Browns. I just love going to the different galleries in town and and seeing what the artists are producing. That to me is just fabulous. Right. It's, I think that's the important thing to mention is that these are contemporary artists primarily local and regional, and you're seeing the work that they've just done. I mean, mm-hmm. they're putting their newest stuff up on the wall. So it's you're getting a real, you know, it's not historical at all. It's really what's happening it's right now. It's what's happening right now, and I do love that. I do love um, seeing what is new and fresh. This does not mean I don't enjoy going out and, st- and, and visiting museums all any place I can go around the country. I do, but I, I love seeing the work that the local people are doing and seeing young artists and how their work progresses. Um, it, it's, for me, it's so exciting because it means it, it just is going to keep on living. Arts, music... All the arts are going to just keep on, and that's a wonderful thing. And I'm going to try to go to as many things as I can for yeah. as long as I can. <laughs> and, and growing up here, I would imagine you can see the connections through families and people mm-hmm. who have students who have worked with, the, you know, the old, you know, you can mm-hmm. see that progression of the arts community over the years as well. It must mm-hmm. be really interesting. It, it's been wonderful because I knew the Wolves and I know Bibi and I knew, I've known them for a long time. Um, and I love seeing when the artist gene stays with the family and when, when the musician has a musician, has a musician, that sort of thing, or an artist has a an artist and artist it's it's interesting to see that gene is definitely there yeah. that artistic gene no matter which discipline no matter which area or a place like wolf gallery where you have all those artists who work for wolf mm-hmm. but then they create their own work they, as well so mm-hmm. you can see the, their expertise at kind of putting together the wolf birds and those but then see that reflected they wolf does in shows the, of, of and a lot of their um, working artists are in these other shows as well, so you can too. see and all that connection. See the all that's going on at Pearl River Glass too, and a Same lot of thing, the artists yeah. are Multiple working both yeah. uh, uh, 
in both um, areas. It's it's I've just really enjoyed that. It's it that part of being. I guess being back home because Mississippi is home for me, and um, and seeing what wonderful talent we have in our community and in our state, yeah. and letting the rest of the world know it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, one thing that you've been busy with many years that maybe not a lot of people know is that you uh, you started as an archivist and you continue that way mm-hmm. as a as a uh, volunteer with the Episcopal Diocese. That's correct. I'm the archivist for the Episcopal Diocese of Mississippi, and I also take care of the historical records at St. Andrew's Cathedral, too. I love that work. I, I know some people think it's kind of funny that you like to go and get these boxes of lots of dirty papers and put them in order, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I learned so much historically about the area I'm living in or the church is this it is with the diocese. So I'm usually at least one day a week go down and spend a day working with their historical documents at the uh, diocesan office. So tell a little bit about kind of the uses for that work. I mean, I would guess it's maybe there might be genealogy related things that come out of that. There's some genealogy people want to know about uh, maybe if their grandparents belong to a certain church and we have records of some of those churches. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying going around to some of the churches in the state, the smaller old churches, to to. Pro- you know, present workshops for them on how to take care of their documents so that they don't do something to it that hurts it so that they learn how to properly take care of any of the historical records they have in their church. Um, it it That I enjoy doing. I kind of enjoy teaching them about that and finding out what records still exist. The Episcopal Church has been in, in Mississippi since the 1830s, and there's a lot of relating to the history of the state within those churches. Right, the founding of cities and being there at the very beginning, right? Right, right. So when uh, learning about, uh, for example, St. Andrews has has had three locations since it's been in the state since the 1830s, late 1830s. So um, I, I do enjoy learning about the history, not only about the arts of an area, but I do enjoy learning about the history of the area. And that happened to me when I lived in Texas and was looking up cabinet makers. I learned so much about the history of Texas. And of course, when I was in the archives in New Orleans at Tulane, I learned a tremendous amount about the history of New Orleans and the Louisiana area, just not realizing I was going to learn that much. <laughs> Well, sounds like there might be a book in there somewhere. I don't know, but the history of the Episcopal Diocese of uh, Mississippi or something. <laughs> I don't know. They, that has been written. Okay, good. That has been written. So I'm. I now you're just, safe from that. I'm, <laughs> the world is safe from the that. world's safe from me. From yeah. We're but, talking with VA Patterson today on the Arts Hour. Uh, she is the 2018 Community Arts Leader. Uh, award recipient for the 2018 Governor's Arts Awards that will be taking place in Jackson on February 8th. Um, another uh, thing that maybe the Jackson people know about you is your longtime uh, uh, active, uh, you've been active with the uh, Hallamal St. Patty's Day Parade since almost nearly the beginning, since correct? Since the beginning. Okay. In fact, when I was looking through pictures the other day, I found 
the newspaper article that was in 1980, and I've forgotten which. Anyway, the first parade that went from CS is down to George Street and Capitol Street, and there's a picture of me standing on the street corner waving to the people in the parade. And so, yes, then the next year I rode in it. And it's and now we march. Now the crew of Kazoo has been there since the beginning. We march. We talk, talk about the crew. Who are the crew of Kazoo, and how did you get started? Just a bunch of wonderful, wonderful friends. Very, very creative people. Who people who love to dress up for the parade and have a great time getting together and seeing each other every year and marching in the parade. We march up at the front. We have these fabulous pink bright pink umbrellas that we carry, and everybody has fantastic costumes, really. Um, uh, it's it's so exciting to sit down with this group, and they're so creative, and to see the ideas fly around. But I love doing that, and I tell everybody it is the only time I can make a fool of myself on Capitol Street, and it doesn't embarrass my daughter, and my mother would be kind of okay with it. Kind of so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great parade. It's a wonderful thing that we have here, and um, I love doing it. Looking forward to this year's. And the crew of Kazoo is one of the earlier, the longest term We're the after most... the initial, the group of Malcolm White's kind of compatriots, or did mm-hmm. you start? After that one, yeah. that very, very first one, which was on, I think, just downtown. Yeah. Yeah, the crew, the crew of Kazoo has been going on. Gay Reynolds, who is um, our, our, um, our main person, she's the one that keeps us all together. Gay lives in Alabama, but she comes back every year. And we all met, no telling, we're just having fun together, probably at the old George Street Grocery. Probably. Because that's where it eventually started from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 every year it's kind of like you have to you can't wear the same thing mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. you, every year no, you guys you have, have to, to kind of work on that yeah sometimes I cheat and maybe just take an old costume and and work yeah. it a little differently well don't but... admit that on the radio you know <laughs> people are coming to see you yeah <laughs> they expect new right each year <laughs> well and certainly everybody else's costumes are definitely new they are all new we're new every every year we have to have another. Um, uh, we have another theme, so we have to have costumes that relate to the theme, uh, and that and how to work that is just wonderful. There's even a trophy named after the crew of Kazoo, and of course we like to win the trophy too, and all of that, uh, all of our that you know the money that you receive as a as a winner of um, one of the trophies that all goes back and goes to the. Batson Children's Hospital, right? Because right. the whole purpose of the parade is to raise money uh, to to support the children's hospital, and has since well, nearly and has the beginning. Since the yeah. beginning, nearly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're, we're, as we're taping this in in late November, have have the emails or calls started on the you know preparations for parade next year? Oh yeah, yeah. We're we, already we in e- season. We we email. We have um, a. a a Facebook group and it's a private one and we but we yeah the ideas start early but they really start in January after the holidays after the holidays high gear, yeah, yeah. And, and do y'all get together to to work on your uh, costumes oh or, yeah. yeah get together to work on costumes and work on the theme idea gay makes a special trip over here and we we um come up with some really really wonderfully um 
fabulous ideas. Because there's the the parade theme, and then then you all kind of bounce off of that well, main theme. We do theme, bounce right? off of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Kind of make a joke on it uh, or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's. And we usually have some buttons that we create that we hand out uh, that are play on what the theme is. And it's all in fun. It's all in fun. And to raise money for Children's Hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also we I want to make a mention of your uh, recent volunteer award. Tell, tell, oh, tell us about you. that. Thank you. I was um, so honored by the Goodwill Industries Volunteer Services, also known as GIVES, uh, as, as a salute volunteer of the year. They honor volunteers within the community for their volunteer work, not just with Goodwill, but with community organizations. And I was one of several people that was honored recently in in August. And I was, uh, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for this wonderful um, Arts Commission, um, you know, Governor's Award. I'm such a strong supporter of the Arts Commission because the Arts Commission is here for the artists and they do such a wonderful job of of helping artists in our state, and I'm, um, I can't say enough good things about what the Arts Commission makes possible for the artists in our state. Thank you. Really appreciate that. And of course, the Governor's Arts Awards has its own history. I right. mean, we've, we've seen lots of, lots of legends come through over the years. Lots of legends, and we, we were, um, my goodness, and of course, George Berry, as I mentioned, was one of the uh, receivers of the Governor's Arts Awards. And goodness, it's hard to come up with all the names. In fact, I was just doing something earlier today and I saw Pine Top. Pine Top's name. Pine Top Perkins. Pine the late Top Perkins' blues name. Blues pianist, yeah. And I thought, oh, I remember the year that he got that. And I remember the year Boogaloo. Boogaloo got the Ames, with, yeah. Uh-huh. That was another year, um, I believe, um, I'm just trying to think. There's so many that I'm 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 at a loss for names. But people that I know have gotten awards that I think is it's just wonderful. I believe Leslie Silver got an award very recently Absolutely, from, from the, the Attic, Attic Gallery, Gallery which yeah. is my happy place to go. <laughs> that's another one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a wonderful place. Well, a, a, a good kind of thing to point out with you is it is an opportunity to come meet these people in person. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. a lot of people are trying to meet them, but you can come to the you know it's free and open to the public, and you can come by and get your picture made with them and talk with them for a minute, and uh, you know also get to see the the ceremony as well. Right. Well, yeah, that's and that's I love it being in the old Capitol. That's great because it was in the old Capitol for, for a number years, of yeah. years. And then when the old Capitol was closed, when it was re after Katrina re, closed uh, it for for the archives, right. we went to a few other places. Yeah. We became it, yes, we became kind of traveling. on the road. Yes, we went to many <laughs> on the places. Road is a better one. But we are back and we're happy to be back and, and have them as as uh, as uh, helpers with us and, 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 and conspiring with us to get this uh program out there. But VA, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I'm thrilled about this. So thank you so much. Great. Again, the Governor's Arts Awards will be Thursday, February 8th at 6 p.m. at the Old Capitol Museum. There's a reception immediately beforehand. You can come down. This is all free and open to the public. So please come down, meet VA, and meet some of the other recipients. Uh, If you're tuning in late and you'd like to listen back, you can go to the MPB website at mpbonline.org. Or you can, uh, where they 
post all our past shows as uh, streaming files, or you can go onto iTunes and search us there, and all of them are available for your iPod or other listening device. Until next time, we'll be seeing you around.